reading from <clears throat> Marilyn Carotters, you can be happy now. Understanding God's heart. <clears throat> a million dollar secret is hidden in the Bible, right in the open where many do not see it. I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Philippians 3.13, the Living Bible. We came into this world crying, in case you don't remember. We cried when we wanted milk or for any other reason that caused us unhappiness. We grew up complaining about anything we didn't like. That's the nature of fallen man. We complain without realizing what we are doing and usually can't even remember that we have done so. Being thankful for what we have rather than pinning over what we don't have can be very difficult for us. Changing our natural human tendency to complain requires a big effort. So why should we change? For our own good. It's imperative that we strive to understand, really understand God's purpose for us, to learn to trust His loving wisdom as He allows trials to come our way. When we entertain unhappy thoughts about things that we don't have, we may lose what we do have. God has provided abundantly for Adam and Eve, but they wanted what they didn't have. We know the tragic results. The Israelites, too, didn't have anything they wanted, but God had delivered them from slavery, provided them with an abundant food, gave them clothing and that never wore out, and best of all, planned a glorious future for them in the promised land. But they kept dwelling and complaining about what they wanted rather than what they had. We can want what we don't have 100 times a day and not even realize it. But if we do, we may suffer the penalty. I had an operation to improve my vision. The procedure was a successful and my sight was wonderfully corrected. At first, my thoughts were centered on how blessed I was. But then a thought came to me. But my vision isn't as good as it was when I was young. As soon as I entertained that thought, my joy began to decline. I'm thankful I had learned to recognize such negative thoughts and thus was able to focus my thoughts again on how good God has been to me. A happy heart enjoys what it has and does not dwell on what it doesn't have. God wants his church to be a thankful people. You can be a thankful person, and when you are, you will reap many rewards. We have many opportunities to wish that we had more money, friends, intelligence, free time, help, beauty, skill. The list could go on and on. But when we concentrate on and are thankful for the good things that we do have, we move closer to God's heart. His Holy Spirit will warm us, warm us with His comfort. Amen. God aids to a happy marriage. Joy is not an exclusive luxury that God designed to benefit a favored few. Rather, it is a tool that He designed to assist everyone who believes Him. It is joy, for example, that helps a spouse to keep a bright, happy spirit when the other is unkind. Without joy, an unhappy spouse is quick to strike back at any perceived mistreatment, which creates even more strife. 
Joy doesn't automatically create perfect marriages, but it does have the power to dissolve marital strife and greatly enrich a marriage. <clears throat> Joy helps us deal effectively with children, neighbors, employers, as well as with anyone who has the knack for stirring up trouble. Joy doesn't make us perfect, but it is a wonderful tool that helps us solve problems. The Christians who had inner joy has resources to defeat the most menacing threats against his unhappiness. This gives him the freedom to look at difficult situations and calmly devise solutions. A happy person can get out of the car with a flat tire and smile at the three tires that are not flat. <laughs> joy is like a warrior's shield a shield designed by God to protect us from many troubles. Without that shield, we are far more vulnerable to the problems of everyday living. When I was when I was a private in the army, I had no control over what was on the menu at any meal. I ate what was set before me, or I went hungry. That lack of control often made us privates quite unhappy. We were free to express our dissatisfaction, of course, but never to anyone of higher rank. Someone of higher rank might growl, okay, you are on KP tonight and wash all the pads and pans. Such a lack of control results in frustration and unhappiness. But everything changed when I became a Lieutenant Colonel. Now I had more control. Now. Mess sergeants quickly responded to any request that I made. Now, when I entered a mess hall, I had no anxiety, and I never had any reason to be angry. Increased control over our lives often gives us increased peace of mind. Now, I have control over things that previously would have made me unhappy. This control is not the result of an elevated rank or status, Rather, it is a direct result of the joy that God has helped me to receive. Now, when nasty things happen, I rejoice as I think of the good solutions God may impart on what I should do while I wait for him to act. Good predicaments. The small task in our yard promised to take only a few minutes to complete, 10 at the most. I was in a hurry, but thoughts this would be something I could do quickly, then move on to more important matters. 10 minutes stretched into 20 and every part of the chore went wrong. Some of the tools wouldn't work, others broke. Trip after trip to my tool chest cost the clock to keep moving forward. My frustration increased and I felt like quitting. Do you care how long the project took me? No, I know you don't. In fact, I was the only one who cared how long it took. Even God didn't care. But he has been amused by my impatience, must have. God could cause every worthwhile task in the world to be completed quickly and with no hassles. But we are not called by God to accomplish things. God is interested in the changes he wants to see in us. The Bible tells us 
Do not be anxious about anything. Philippians 4, 6. Woo. And that an action's heart weighs a man down. Proverbs 12, 25. Why then do we so often choose to be anxious and weigh down? One of the most important reasons for our being here on earth is for us to learn to appreciate the peace of heart and mind that Jesus paid such a high price to provide us. Jesus wants and expects us to complete our daily task, of course, but his first priority is for us to become the worry-free people he wants us to be. With that in mind, our daily chores become opportunities for us to examine our attitudes and responses toward our problems. Why be stressed out over things when we don't need to be? If that sounds super spiritual, think of it this way. Why hurry through life to accomplish things that in eternity will amount to nothing? Why not learn to perform our daily tasks with attitudes that are pleasing to God? The more we learn to be anxious, the easier and less strenuous life becomes. We may still have the same problems, the same tasks to perform, but the feelings of drudgery and frustration will not, no longer control our thoughts. Once we have changed our attitudes, we will soon develop a quiet confidence that God is doing something good in us. Ultimately, that something is exactly what we need when, when really difficult problems arise. I look forward to learning the new things that God wants us to teach me. It may take me a long, long time to learn, but I'll be an eager student. My actions will say different. I keep trying and trying. Amen. Our next reading is called Confidence Regarding Family. Believing that bad things are going to happen can be just as effective a use of our faith as believing that good things will happen. Faith, then, can be a double-edged sword. It can be applied for us or against us. I had always thought of faith as a tool that helps us receive good things from God. It does, but at the same time, I realized that this same force, if applied improperly, could exert equal power to bring us the very things we don't want. Consider Job 3.25, King James Version. The thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Job learned the hard way that the sword of faith is wielded improperly could smite him. We can learn from Job's ordeal. If we believe that someone we care is about is headed for certain disasters or an unhappy life, we are exercising our faith, but in the wrong way. God often let us be in a position where there is nothing we can do to prevent loved ones from making mistakes. But he has given us the opportunity to use our faith in whatever way we choose. We can refuse to permit our expectations to be based solely on the evidence that we see. Instead, we must be base our expectations on what we resolutely believe. For example... We know that God has forgiven our sins, right? Even though we may not be able to present concrete evidence that he has, 
We know we're forgiven even if we cannot see in ourselves the result of our confidence in God's grace. We may not see any evidence that God is working good in our loved ones either, but we can trust that he is. And with this confidence comes blessed peace of heart and mind. We may not be able to explain it, but we know it's true. It is. A hurting person may declare, but I've been believing for so long. It's exhausting to keep on believing without evidence that things will get better. But they should say, the length of time I've been believing means that much less time I have to wait for God to reveal his solution. We may ask ourselves, what did Peter accomplish in his efforts to prevent Jesus from going to Jerusalem, where he would be arrested and killed? Absolutely nothing. Regardless of his well-intentioned motives, Peter's fears only cause him to receive an extra painful rebuke from Christ. You and I may invite a similar rebuke if our doubts keep us from trusting God to help our loved ones. We may feel that we are justifiably worried about them because we love them, but that does not excuse our failure to trust God. Regardless of what other people may tell you, place your confidence in God's incomparably great power to those who believe. Ephesians 1.19 Again, please, regardless of what other people may tell you, place your confidence in God's incomparably great power to those who believe. Ephesians 1.19 I'm Fernando, and I attest to you that I was always worried about my younger son. You know, he liked uh, lay lay around all the time, and I in, in his teens, and I used to cry out to God. You know, it seems like my yelling and rebukes and and did not do anything. It was getting me sick the bible says a lazy person in a room is like having a destroyer or your partner with a thief for some reason or another if we're not actively out there somewhere it takes energy from the people around you and so i started crying out to god and he told me very times he goes very easily he said praise me about him what can't you see he's sitting there lying down and stuff and then God told me again, praise me about him. The situation is that I needed to turn worry into believing. It took a lot of failure, a lot of years to praise him. But somehow I punctured the heavens that when I started praising God today, I heard he's going through something and he's in his 40s today. You know, the house that we're living, helping his grandpa. His grandpa passed away, it's been sold. So now he's got he's to have to get out there. And I started praising and thanking God for him. Yep, I can go over there and fix him up, put him in an apartment and so forth. Like I hear a bunch of my other friends say, only to tell me he needs more rent money. Um, so in, th- in this, I have the peace, I'm telling you. You will get the peace. You can't worry. It's just there's no worry in you. You... You have praised God so long, praised me about him, said Jesus to me, that it's become um, a skill. 
a skill that I puncture the heavens. It's just there. I just feel the love. I feel the peace. I feel the tranquility. I have learned to use my faith on this scripture. God's incomparably great power to those who believe. And I thank God that my son was in that position or I would have never learned how to access this. I had true love for that boy and true love got me on my knees and started praising and thanking my true love with was Jesus. And from there, he, Jesus just smiled. He says, put them into my hands. I will fix them and it will never be a problem again. Amen. We need to go on that word and not go back to worry and try to help. God is all powerful. He can do it. Amen. Now we move to our next reading. This one is called Unlimited Opportunities. Jesus brought healing and joy to many people. Would you like to talk with the ones he healed? Maybe they could give us some good advice on how to receive more good things from him. Here is some of the advice they might have given. One, ask Jesus to touch you. When he touched me, I was instantly healed and received great joy. Two, you don't need to ask him to touch you. Just touch his clothing and you will be healed. Three, all you need to do is cry out to Jesus long and loudly and he will heal you. Four, the best way to receive healing is to have him spit on some dirt and then place the dirt on you. Five, find friends who will cut a hole in the roof and lower you to where he is present. Then he will heal you. Why did Jesus use so many different methods to help people? I believe he wanted us to understand that he works in people's lives in the unique way that are best for each of them. Jesus wants you to experience his power in special ways. Never be discouraged because he doesn't work in your life the same way that he works in someone else's. Permit him to work in you in his way and in his time. Jesus knew that faith in God could accomplish anything. What is the anything you would like him to do for you? Whatever it is, it isn't difficult for him to do. But first, he often wants to make changes in us that will cause us to not be impatient, trouble, or afraid. Amen. Again, Jesus knew that faith in God could accomplish anything. What is this anything you would like him to do for you? What it is, it isn't difficult for him to do. But first, he often wants to make changes in us that will cause us to not be impatient, trouble, or afraid. Maybe we can't step right up and be joyful in the midst of a difficult thing right now, but we can learn, and we need to begin learning now, right where we are. I learned through simple everyday things like, like not being troubled when a traffic light turns red or when my car wouldn't start. Later, as I learned to praise God in more difficult situations, the greater my joy became. Now, I look forward to learning how I can be happy 
in other situations. Ultimately, our opportunities to grow in joy are unlimited. Amen. Our next article is called Being Successful. Albert Einstein said, Do not worry about your difficulties in mathematics. I can assure you that the that mine are even greater. His statement puzzled me, but then I heard a man who is eminently successful in his own field said, the more successful I become, the bigger the playing field seems to me. Seems to be. I have more goals I'm trying to reach now than at any time in my life. Being successful in any, any endeavor opens new doors to us. For example, if we study the planet and stars that we can easily see, we might soon expand our desire to learn more about the entire universe. Even though a child in school is initially puzzled by all the words he needs to learn to read, <clears throat> once reading is mastered, the potential of what he can read and enjoy is endless. It has been said that the best way to stay mentally young is to keep learning. Likewise, we can say that the best way to stay young at heart is to keep learning how to give thanks and praise to the Lord. God created us in us excuse me, God created in us a desire to obtain joy. He even built our bodies in such a way that they require happiness in order to be healthy. Regardless of your state of health, though, you can improve your well-being by learning how to possess inner joy. If we are unhappy about our, an irksome predicament, solving that problem will not be the end of our troubles. New difficulties will inevitably come along, and sometimes those difficulties are even more severe. Until we learn the remarkable ways that God has provided to give us peace of mind, problems will always overwhelm us. The solution to problems with marriage, children, finances, or health is always the same. Faith. Faith that God is working through Christ to help us in our present situation brings God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ. Jesus, Philippians 4, 7, 8. I urge you to believe that God's peace is now causing your heart to be quiet and at rest. Amen and amen. Thank you.